Welcome back to another exciting episode of The Die Hard Minute, where every day, Monday through Friday, Movies by Minute hosts talk about one minute of the greatest walkie-talkie film, the 1998 John McTiernan directed movie, Die Hard. I'm Mike Carlucci of Return to Oz Minute. I'm Tierney Steele of Return to Oz Minute and the Neverending Minute. And I'm Cassandra Fredrickson from Lord of the Rings Minute. And today we're going to be talking about Minute 61. Thank you for joining us, Cassandra, especially for Minute 61. I'm super pumped. Yes, yes. (laughs) It starts with John McClane stuffing supplies into a bag. He's looting a dead body, but it's not as nefarious. It's not important. It's not important. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. The minute ends 60 seconds later with Richard chasing his boss through the studio while begging for a van, but that does not encompass the greatness that is this minute. This is the minute. <laughs> uh, uh, should we do it first? This is the Yippie Kaye minute. <laughs> oh my god, you're adorable. I'm sorry, they said to keep it PG, so I'm doing my best. But literally, like, this is one of the most iconic lines of the movie. Yeah. So, it's was a that thing. The, was that the Mighty Mouse theme song? <laughs> instead of saying things uh, that we're not supposed to say. But I know, this is going to be... Di- I think part of the challenge of this minute for me is going to be not saying the quote because I literally say this line at least once a week. <laughs> Just in, in various situations. It's like, yippee mother fracker. Like... <laughs> yeah. yes. They didn't say we couldn't swear in other time errors of human space exploration anyway so (laughs) (laughs) um yeah until i saw this movie for the first time which was only a few years ago this was all i knew about this movie i had no idea about christmas i had no idea about hans i only knew that line (laughs) you didn't know about like ho 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 now i have a machine gun no, oh. it was all new to me. I feel like <laughs> this one and the ho, 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 now I have a machine gun are the two most iconic bits <laughs> of this movie. Oh, man. Oh, man. And oh, okay, so we're, we're skipping to like towards the end of the minute, but whatever. We will <laughs> backtrack and cover everything. <laughs> I figured it out when I was rewatching this minute many times for this project. It's not just... That lo- it's not just the elevator ding and then that line. It is the face he makes as he backs through the mm-hmm. doorway after he said, "Like that is what sells it." John McClane is so pleased with himself. <laughs> I mean, I would be too if I backed into an elevator with a semi-automatic rifle. So <laughs> I know nothing about guns, so apologies in advance if I don't know what I'm talking about. But I'm just going to level with you guys. I know absolutely nothing about uh, weapons. So this will be yeah. amusing. <laughs> I mean, we've, we've gotten, we've got the right air at least. It's not like we refer to it as a musket That's or true. So it's a bayonet. We're, <laughs> <laughs> we're on the right track. It's not a blunderbuss, which I finally saw for the first time in a museum, mm. which was very exciting. <laughs> Because I wasn't entirely sure that that was a real thing. And it is. I've seen one. It looked kind of funky. 
But, yeah, um, I, like we said at the beginning, like, he's taking the bag, it's a whole thing, it's just like, oh, we, we don't care because we're getting one of the greatest exchanges in cinema history uh, that begins with Alan Rickman saying, Mr. Mystery Guest, in his lovely little accent that I can't quite handle. So, the first time I saw this movie, which I think was around 10 years ago now at this point, I had no idea that Alan Rickman was in it, and we had... I had just seen, like, the last Harry Potter movie recently, so so it was, like, in that era. So I was just like, oh, my Alan Rickman emotions, and then we watched Die Hard, and I lost my mind. <laughs> Alan Rickman is so good in this, and I love seeing him just play... I mean, it's completely different from Snape. Like, Snape is what I know him as the best, because I grew up with those movies, but... Oh, he's so good in this. And his voice is like butter. And <laughs> it's it's wonderful. This is a good minute. Thank you guys for inviting me on. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why when we were having a little bit of trouble scheduling, I was like, no, 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 no. We're not. <laughs> we're not taking this away. Oh, <laughs> thanks. Um, yeah. Mike, uh, did you have any reaction? Because I know you... Oh, uh, I actually I shouldn't assume that you automatically think of Galaxy Quest. Mm. I, what what are your feelings on Alan Rickman? <laughs> uh, well, not to put too fine a point on it, but I kind of think Galaxy Quest, <laughs> uh, or 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 uh, I mean Snape is his Snape is you know dead on uh, for the kind of sniveling behind the scenes mm-hmm. sort of mastermind character type, but. Uh, the the robot in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, I think yeah. that would be my if if I'm going to go with something of, of his slightly lesser role. That's interesting. I would go with I'd go with that. Yeah. Well, that was one of the things I realized when Alan Rickman passed away. Myself, my sister, my mother, and three of my friends all posted or in conversation said something, and we were all quoting different roles he'd had. Mm. Like my mom was all about the Jane Austen. Uh, my sister was doing Snape, I was doing Galaxy Quest, someone else was doing Die Hard. Like, it is, it was one of those things where you suddenly step back and you're like, this guy's career is amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you, this is a very good minute for showing that off when he's talking over the walkie-talkie. I'm also really into the facial hair. Like, normally I'm not about beards, ever, but I really dig this. I don't know. Alan Rickman's everything in this minute is just <laughs> on point. He has a whole look going on. Mm-hmm. I know he's supposed to be the bad guy, but I'm just like, oh, you're so good. <laughs> <laughs> he's so good at being bad. I'm taking this minute into a very different place than <laughs> I think Mike wanted me to. <laughs> um... <laughs> oh, I've got a, a live live update. Yeah. The gun John McClane is using here is a Heckler and Koch Coke MP5. Hmm. It's a submachine gun. Okay, okay, so that was accurate. The gun was actually a mocked-up HK-94 rifle Hmm. that had sawn-down barrels and converted to full auto to resemble MP5s. So it was, I guess it was made to be an MP5, but it was not actually an MP5. Interesting. And also it's a movie, so... (laughs) Yes. Whatever they thought looked good. (laughs) That's true. It's convincing. 
I would believe that bad guys would be running around with this firearm. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the nice thing. And one of the things I noticed about this movie is you can get super into the minutia of, okay, what type of weapons each person has and how this all works and how this is coordinated. Or you can do what I did, which is just sit back and you don't have to understand those things to follow what's happening. Yeah. I always appreciate that. (laughs) And, like, I'm not usually... Uh, like an action movie person, like action with a capital A. But this movie is what actually changed my mind about some of those things. Like this movie is so good at being what it is, but like it knows exactly what it is and it's having fun with it. Um, <laughs> and it started like this whole movie trend of like uh, action movies where it was just like die hard, but on a a bus like speed or just like it just became this this cornerstone of action movie stuff and i think it's because it's so good at um i don't know just it's so good (laughs) well i think uh that's a beautiful segue so i'm gonna keep talking because i didn't think of this until i was taking my notes on Mm -hmm. it but because we have this little speech from Hans, you know, another American who saw too many movies as a child and as someone who hosts podcasts, analyzing movies minute by minute. Let's not think about that too deeply. <laughs> um, uh, this is another orphan of a bankrupt culture who thinks he's John Wayne, Rambo, Marshall Dillon. Mm-hmm. And then John re- responds, I was always kind of partial to Roy Rogers, actually. Um, but I realized when I was taking notes, John McClane is my go-to American action hero. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to get into... I don't understand how Rambo got into that sequence, but um, I have realized I have heard of Rambo. I've never seen the movie. I've never seen a whole John Wayne movie. What? I've seen Radar do an impression of him on MASH, and I know the uh, camp director that I grew up going to was a huge fan of John Mm -hmm. Wayne. So I'm like aware of him, but I've never watched a movie of that. I didn't even know who Marshall Dillon was till I Googled him taking notes. And as far as I was concerned, growing up, Roy Rogers was a restaurant (laughs) when you (laughs) took I-95 down to visit grandma and grandpa in Maryland. So I like that. (laughs) I had no context for any of the other people mentioned in this minute. But John McClane, even before I'd seen Die Hard, I knew what Die Hard was and who John McClane was and that he said yippee-ki-yay. Interesting. You know what? <laughs> so it's, it is really iconic, I feel like, in this country. And yes, we would like to talk about the deliciousness that is Roy Rogers. I mean, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> That's really interesting. It's Yeah, it's cool that how Die Hard has just, like, since it came out, has just gotten to the point uh, in pop culture where it is super recognizable. Um, so, yeah. Um, Rambo wasn't a cowboy, right? I mean, I didn't watch the movie, but I feel like I know who Rambo is. And he Ram- is not hanging out with John Wayne. <laughs> Rambo was not a cowboy. And it, it's interesting that Hans kind of does the, the... There's sort of a trope in Star Trek where you name two recognizable things and then you throw in you know, like a Vulcan, a Vulcan philosopher, and you just mm-hmm. say his name, but, you know, we've, you've got, you know, Sophocles, and then you you can just do what you want. Or I said Sophocles. I meant Socrates. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, you've already got your college degree. They can't take it back now. <laughs> yeah. 
But Rambo is almost is almost that third one because the, the the first Rambo movie came out in 1982. The others would have been instantly recognizable, probably for for everyone of the previous generations growing up. With John Wayne was a legend, and you know Roy Rogers. Uh, but Rambo was four years old. And you didn't have uh, you know as much. I mean, there was no Netflix or as, you know a big rental market. Like, if you didn't see Rambo when it was in the theaters, what's your reference for Rambo besides Tierney's reference of, he's not a cowboy, <laughs> but he did stuff. <laughs> I mean, I know he's an... I, actually, um, I'm now looking, because I had written down the quote, obviously, to be able to read it <laughs> off to you guys, and it's reminding me of when you learn to do um, persu- the five-paragraph persuasive essay in oh school. Oh my god. So you do your intro, and then your three yeah. reasons, and then your conclusion, <laughs> and you always put the weakest one in the middle... And I feel like that is what Hans has done. That's really funny. He did not have a good third one, so he stuck Rambo in there. But he was smart enough to put it in the middle so that it's not the la- like, you don't focus on it as much until you break this down and find it. Um, yeah, uh, for the record, Roy Rogers was known as the singing cowboy. And yes, there are many lovely Google images in his sequin shirts. <laughs> I had a lot of fun looking these up when I realized I didn't even know. I like, I really didn't know. I was like Marshall Dillon, and then I started being like, I wonder if it's like a, a a relative of like if Matt Dillon is related to him. And then I'm like, it's a fictional character, so <laughs> no. But like, I was just trying to come up with anything, and it was just nope. I just completely missed that part of pop culture. <laughs> but. People who did watch or listen to Gunsmoke are probably very upset with me right now. We're sorry. Yeah. We're we're making up for it in pure enthusiasm in this this minute. And the last ten seconds are almost a separate scene. Yeah. Um, Literally, my first note was, oh, Richard, no one cares about you. Aww. (laughs) Because, like, you're still so busy, like, screaming at you, like, he said the thing! Mm -hmm. You don't hear what Richard's talking about. <laughs> also, from what I found out researching, no one likes him anyway, so I don't feel as guilty about it. There you go. Yep. Um, I did, let's see, my last official note, and then I'm going to stop talking, I swear, is uh, I think Sam might be my new hero. Sam is the station manager, mm-hmm. and the look on his face... <laughs> At the end, is the look of every stage manager ever. <laughs> I was a stage manager in my high school. And then when someone's like, Harvey, keep your pants on, will you? And he's just like, I have to go deal with this. Um, uh, yeah, it took a little to find him, but yeah, apparently his name is Sam. And the wiki article is like, oh, he's never named Sam in the movie. It, it just says that in the script. And I was like, I'm pretty sure the next minute starts with him saying his name. But <laughs> We'll find out tomorrow. Whatever. Yeah, that, that, I don't think that counts as a spoiler, guys. I mean, um, but yeah, he just, he's, he's wearing his little sweater and everything is so crazy. And I was like, all right, I think that's, I'm coming down on the side of the people who are just getting hassled by this whole sequence of events in the movie. Like, Alan Rickman looks great and is very cool, but I'm not rooting for him the way I am for someone like Sam or... Uh, Officer Al Powell, That's true. <laughs> those guys. I, I like that you said it. Uh, it's like a separate, separate scene, and it, it is a separate scene. Well, you and know I really what I wish. Mean. 
I really wish there was a little a little bit of George Lucas here and we got a white. Oh my goodness. No. <laughs> I think the the really bad like um PowerPoint presentation wipe is so ingrained in Star Wars specifically that I think if I saw it anywhere else, I would recognize it, but I would like treat it as a joke. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Star Wars is the only thing that I can even remotely take it seriously because that's just that's just what it is. But yeah, that's really funny. <laughs> I have Alan Rickman paused on second forty nine, and he just has. He's the look of a man who doesn't understand what's just happened. <laughs> and then you cut to the newsroom. And it's just hard cut. It's like, what? Actually, I kind of like that. But you, you do get that moment of Alan Rickard just being like, what was that? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Only could have been better if he'd actually said that. Could, could you repeat that? <laughs> George Lucas, he would have slid left to right. His face would have gone away as the other guys moved in. I can. Uh, it worries me that I can picture that. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, I'm trying to think. I shoot. I did look up who played Richard and Sam, but I, I, the only other people talking this minute are. Alan Rickman and Bruce Willis. Like, we know, right? This is an hour into the movie. We don't need to cover who these guys are right. or how they got yeah. here. Okay, cool. Just making sure. I would I would hope. I, it's like, you feel kind of the pressure to do your movies by minutes due diligence, and then it's mm -hmm. like, well, but wait a second. Well, it's easy when, we when people have done, like, the hour before you. Yeah. We just get to swoop in and, like... I'll take this line. scene. Thank you very much. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> then we get in the elevator and right off. Right? <laughs> oh, it is such beautiful timing. Like, I obviously I'm a movies nerd. I have somehow ended up in this community. But like the way he said like just another cowboy, uh or uh you really think you have a chance against this Mr. Cowboy? Then the ding, mm -hmm. then the spin, then the line, then the smile. It's it, it's it's beautiful. It literally is just like beat by beat. It's perfect. I really wish the minute ended with that. I'm kind of I'm a little disappointed that we get some bleed in the next the the last ten seconds with the the newsroom because like if if we had ended on either Alan Rickman's face or like <laughs> the that that button of a line like. I don't. I don't know. I would have. I. It's so good already, but I'm just nitpicking, I guess, a little bit because yeah. there's nothing to nitpick, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and it is. It's funny, but it's actually a very quiet minute mm -hmm. up to the end of that scene because it is just the two of them talking over walking dogs, and neither of them ever raises their voice because Hans is too cool for that, mm -hmm. and John McClane is just keeping things on the DL and. Yeah, it's it's great. Oh, um, I did know. Uh, not only is John McClane smoking through this entire exchange, but he also has a tattoo. What a bad boy! Uh, I just—it's 2017, and you don't see people smoking while cocking machine guns anymore. Or I guess submachine guns. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, 
that's kind of gone by the wayside. Well, I think at this Which... at this point it's it's almost like um like an overused trope, but like this is like this is like the most 80s thing I think I've <laughs> yeah. ever seen maybe like just just like the 80s are defined by like the the media, I think uh personally. So like Die Hard and uh, like the Goonies, like you can tell a movie was made in the eighties. Like there's nothing quite like an eighties movie, I guess is what I'm getting at. And <laughs> I think the the like the big old does he have a cigar or is it a cigarette? It's a cigarette. Okay, yeah. So like the the cigarette in his mouth when he's cocking the gun and he's got like and then he can talk. Yeah, about yeah. It. It's it's quintessentially eighties. <laughs> yeah, it's it 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 really amazes me. That he not only is doing all this stuff while having a cigarette, but carries on a conversation. Mm -hmm. That is a skill that is no longer needed by society. (laughs) At least not by the vast majority of people and certainly not in movies anymore. Um, Because I think if you show smoking, it's an automatic R, right? Um, Is that the rule? I don't know. Really? Okay. Yeah. I heard that was the rule. Um, Huh. I I go a little crazy on movies that are set in like World War Two, but they don't show anyone smoking, and I'm like, look, yeah, like everyone. I understand. I understand all the research of we don't want teenagers smoking, but you have to understand if your movie is set in 1941 and there isn't like a haze over a bar, you're doing it wrong. Right. <laughs> and so, yeah, I guess I mean this is very, like you said, true to the 80s, like. Yep, hmm. he can just do that. This is a thing. Um, no I mean, Matthew Broderick, 1999 soldier troop in Godzilla, where everyone is chewing a ridiculous amount of gum <laughs> in a ridiculous way. Look, you gotta have something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, when did um, when when did they um they change the rules for that for the smoking thing? I I want to say it was around the time of Atonement. Atonement because. Karen Knightley smokes an atonement. They're like, yeah, but whatever. We're in our movie anyway. Hmm. Um, I know that was a thing for hidden figures. No one is smoking, even though many people in NASA at that point were smoking. Uh, Kevin Costner's character, actually, he pulls out a stick of gum every time he would have actually been lighting up. Interesting. Yeah, because I was going to say, because I just remembered, like, with with my movie Lord of the, uh, I wish I made that movie, but like with Lord of the Rings, um, like Gandalf is constantly smoking and it's PG thirteen. Yeah. So. Oh, I wonder if it makes a difference cigarettes versus a pipe. Um, I'm not sure. I don't know. This is the first time hearing about this, so I am intrigued. Yeah, I uh, I'll have to do a little more research into it. And I mean, the stupid thing is, I'm talking like there are any hard and fast rules for how movies get rated. Like, can well, we all agree that that is a complete racket in this day and age? I mean, there, there is, but I think the PG thirteen is sneaking in a little more. Like, it's not, it's not as clear cut as it used to be. I think is PG thirteen is like yeah. the, I don't know, it's like the movie sweet spot. Like, it's it's mature, but it's not, it's not like R mature. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, it's yeah. Well, because violence got weird in the past couple decades for movies so yeah i think i i would have to look and i also don't know if that was ever a hard and fast rule but i know there were many movies that said like oh it got the r rating are you kidding me there's like one Mm -hmm. you know 
And they're like, no, but it's adult. Interesting. Everyone's smoking. And it's like, ugh. I mean, I get it. Yes, that's a very good example that you're setting for the youth of America. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, Interesting. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'd have to check and see if that's still still a thing. Um, yeah, what, all these superhero movies really do my head in with what gets rated what. What'd you find, Mike? Uh, so it looks like last, in 2016, the Surgeon General released a report, uh, suggesting that smoking should, uh, or that giving an R rating to future movies with smoking would be expected to reduce the number of teen smokers by nearly one in five. Wow. But that smoking has been increasing, uh... In PG-13 movies, mm-hmm. uh, although actually it was yeah, PG-13 movies without tobacco was 65% up from 2015. Hmm. Actually, there's a lot of there's a lot of things happening here. <laughs> tobacco incidents, number all but one movie rated G or PG was tobacco free in 2016. So that's we I think we can okay. all agree that's a good thing. Yeah, but the and rest so of this not... report is very complicated. <laughs> yeah. Nothing is a hard and fast rule when it comes to what makes, you know, because it's a cumulative thing. Right. Well, I think because, like, um, the hard and fast rule for PG-13, I know, is there's one F word and it has to be a specific context. And then, like, uh, like nudity, I think, automatically makes it an R. Um, I think so. But. That sounds right. Yeah. I'm pretty sure, like, those are, like, the rules. And then everything else is just like, well, you know, but. This is super violent and really upsetting uh, after 9-11, but eh, it's all right because you don't see any blood. (laughs) Yeah. Not that I'm bitter about some of the superhero movies that have come out recently or anything. Mm. Um, And I shouldn't say that because the last superhero movies I saw were Spider-Man Homecoming and Wonder Woman, which I both adored and did not have a problem, but uh, yeah, it's just. It's it's a weird time, but anyway, Die Hard does not suffer from that because it lives in the glorious free for all that was <laughs> the mid to late eighties. <laughs> um, yeah, it's really funny to me. Okay, so we all saw this movie for the first time as grownups. Yes, or grown up enough. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm... I saw I saw it in college. Okay, I know several people who saw this when they were like kids. <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty sure my co-host, um, Norman, saw this when he was a kid. Um, but he saw a lot of things that he shouldn't have seen when he was a kid. Like, he saw <laughs> Alien when he was, like, six. And I was like, that explains Whoa. so much about you. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I I appreciate the fact that I saw this when I was, like, 18, 19. Because I, um, I got a lot more of the references. Like, I understood more about what was going on. And it was just easier to follow, I think, than if I had seen it when I was younger. That makes sense. But I can see that. Yeah. Um, oh, we're like a half hour into this podcast, and I'm realizing how much fun we could have had with the Mr. Mystery guest line. <laughs> and introducing you. Oh, well. I have failed this podcast. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, that's as good a way of any of asking if anyone has any other I think I'm all set. Oh, man. Yeah, likewise. Okay. Mystery host. Uh, 
I was just looking over my notes, like, to, you know, make sure we'd hit everything. And all of a sudden, I was like, mystery guest. We have a guest. <laughs> it's right there. <laughs> These things happen. <laughs> it's okay. It's all We good. got distracted by Alan Rickman. It's fine. Yeah, Alan Rickman distracted us right off the bat, <laughs> and it was all over from there. <laughs> um... I feel like I should do a PSA, like, we do not encourage smoking, cigarettes are bad, don't do that. Do whatever you want, Kit. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, no. <laughs> hey, we managed not to swear, okay? I know, I'm actually really proud of, of myself, so. <laughs> we should get, like, a special sticker, podcasting gold star for that. <laughs> uh, so, I know, I think... Cassandra, do you know when you guys are coming back for your next season? Um, we haven't made the announcement yet, um, but we are shooting for early 2018. Okay. I, I, I'm not going to do the math on when this is going to air. Um, but <laughs> check out Lord of the Rings Minute <laughs> for both Cassandra and Norman. Please and thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you guys have like a main website that yep, you we're on have uh, we're a part of dueling genre so you can find us on duelinggenre.com and we're on twitter at lotr minute uh return to oz minute can be found at return to oz minute.com before he can say it you can also get there going to weogtiogpiog.com which is an inside joke from our movie but mike is super proud that he got that domain so <laughs> <laughs> if you can spell it please get there that way because that's amazing um, we also have a Twitter at Oz Minute, and that's also how you can find us on Facebook. We've got a listeners group, a page, all the usual info. There is also all the usual info for Die Hard Minute. If you are enjoying the show so far, come to Facebook and feel free to also join the Die Hard Podcast Listeners Limo, which is their uh, group <laughs> online. Yeah. That's wonderful. They also got clever with their <laughs> with their social media. Uh, Twitter is at Die Hard Minute, and there's the website DieHardMinute.com. And I definitely want to make sure to mention, I also said I'm from the NeverEnding Minute. Uh, that, Mike and I show, Cassandra and Norman show, all of these are on MoviesByMinutes.com, which features north of 60 podcasts i think oh my gosh it's everything that is completed or currently releasing so there's tons more information there and how <laughs> everything you could want except swears no i'm just kidding uh some of them are r so some of them got the e <laughs> r <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> Right. Uh, Mike, do you want to do the little wrap-up-a-roo? Uh, I thought that was the wrap-up-a-roo. Oh. Um, well, now I kind of want to leave that in, just because we sound ridiculous. Um, so come back tomorrow for another minute of Die Hard Minute. Oh, that's right. Tell me you got that. I got it, I got it. Hit your heart on Channel 5.